Hi, this is Maddie G doing my very first podcast. And of course, it's about dancing. One of my very favorite quotes is, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. And I've done lots of dancing in the rain. It's been medicine for me in every level through much trauma, pain, and loss. I've found that dancing for me transforms and transmutes unspeakable pain into unspeakable joy and helps me tap into my inner healer, my inner warrior, and my inner goddess. I feel like it tunes me into the rhythm of the earth when I dance, and that heals my soul. It takes me someplace that words just can't, and for that, I am extremely grateful. My journey with dance began in my childhood in the South Bronx and made my very unbearable childhood even remotely bearable. I grew up in the South Bronx in a poor neighborhood and was left alone a lot because my parents worked all the time. And this was especially at night, which was very scary for me in a very scary apartment. And my companions in those nights was the roaches the roaches and music. And it was music that I played really loud and danced around and sang to. And I was sure I was going to be the next singing and dancing sensation. Also, I made a bunch of friends, mostly Jewish, and we were all great dancers. And we went to the Clinton Avenue Y where we danced mostly like on Friday night. And then if we went to a friend's house, we danced or if people came to my house, we danced. So my world was always about dancing. There was also a really large Puerto Rican population in my neighborhood. So the streets and the air were filled with Latin music. And the guys would be working on their cars in the summer and the doors to the cars would be open and the music would just be blaring out. I made a good friend in high school. Her name was Chicky. She was Puerto Rican and she invited me to a couple of parties, which I loved. Um, Nobody there hardly spoke any English. And the way I got to dance was somebody would point to me and I would nod my head and we would dance and I danced my ass off. And I loved the Puerto Rican girls I grew up with, especially when I was in high school. There were even more Puerto Rican girls. They were gorgeous. They were sexy. I loved the way they talked. I loved the way they dressed. They were just so smart and full of life. And I wanted to be like them and look like them and talk like them. They, I thought they were just fabulous. So I'm living in Manhattan. I was about 19 when I moved to Manhattan from the Bronx. And in my early 20s, I met a dance studio owner who trained me to be a dance instructor, which was a big thrill. Unfortunately, the place was pretty shady and I didn't like it. He made me memorize some four-page spiel I was supposed to give to potential clients and I didn't like it, so I quit and gave up any thought about being a dance instructor, even though it was a dream, but I guess it wasn't my time yet. All through my time in New York, my young adulthood, I went to clubs, I went to parties, there was always dancing and great music. Then I I moved to Brooklyn and lived with a few people communally in this beautiful brownstone in Brooklyn. And we had parties and there were some other Uh, houses across the street where other communal people were living and we had parties there. And again, dancing was huge in my life. 
1975, I became a mother and gave birth to my beautiful daughter, Christina. And somehow I felt that going to Boulder, Colorado, which I had had a chance to visit briefly a while back, I thought that would be a great place to raise her. So I moved to Boulder, Colorado in 1977. My boyfriend at the time uh, and I went dancing to the place, the broker or the harvest house and my friends, we went there also and always had a great time. This was in the late seventies and disco was big and great music. And, and sometimes we went to Denver to dance. It was just freestyle, nothing formal, but I loved it all. And then in 1986, I had a chance to go to school and we moved to Chicago. I thought that was right. I loved being back in a big city. I loved the energy of Chicago. And we were living in Hyde Park and I became friends with this woman, Sandra, and Christina became friends with her daughter. So we were kind of like this really big, wonderful group. And Sandra took me every place with her. She really did. <laughs> <laughs> she took me to all the black clubs on the south side of Chicago. Again, it was more fabulous music and big fun. So that was kind of our life in Chicago besides working and doing whatever else we did. And then in 1995, Christina was diagnosed with leukemia and opted for a bone marrow transplant. I remember when that happened, I did research into what a bone marrow transplant was. And after I read what it was, the next thing I researched was Nazi medical experiments because what I was learning about bone marrow transplants didn't seem in any way normal or in any way survivable. And the transplant, Christina did opt for the transplants. And so, of course, that's what we did. And the whole thing sent us down a path that forever changed our lives. To explain the horror of the transplant would be too much, plus the many side effects. And it, it was much of it was very, very unbearable. And Christina, although she was brave and courageous in ways that were way beyond my understanding and, and belief, she was definitely my heroine in how she handled going through it. And somehow, even in the really rough times, we managed to dance around and play music, and we cried a lot. I will say that we cried a lot, but we also laughed a lot. And there was this one song by Johnny Mathis, this disco version of Begin the Begin. And for some reason, I really loved it and would play it all the time, taking Christina back and forth to the from the hospital to home and from home to the hospital. Thousands of times I played this song. Christina hated it. She told me she hated it, and I understood that she hated it, but I had to listen to it. I told her that's what got us back to the hospital and when we needed to and back home when we wanted to be home. Um, in 1999, Christina was well enough that I could start going out a bit. Even though she never regained full health, she, she was well enough that I could go out. My friend Jerry asked me if I wanted to go dancing, and of course I did. And we went to this place in downtown Chicago called Magnums. 
The doors opened and this gorgeous woman walked out and I could hear this fabulous music. In that moment, my life went from what felt like black and white to color like the scene in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy gets to Oz and the movie becomes color. That's what it felt like to me, going out, dancing with all the beauty and the joy. And it was something I hadn't experienced in many, 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 many years. I noticed one couple dancing. The man was very unattractive and the woman was gorgeous. But there was something in the way they danced that made me watch them. They did dance with other people, so of course I asked him to dance. He was fabulous, and we talked a bit, and it turned out he was the dance director at Arthur Murray Dance Studio in Morton Grove. I got so excited, and I told him that I wanted to be a dance instructor, and he gave me his card. At the time, Christine and I were living in Hyde Park, which would be, which would be way too far away from the dance studio, but then a little while later, we moved to Evanston, and it was only about 20 minutes from the studio, and I began training. So my work for the first time in my life was to get training as a dance instructor. So I was learning the steps, I was learning how to teach, and listening and hearing all this fabulous music, swing, waltz, foxtrot, salsa, tango, and it was like a miracle to be coming out of the worst time in my life to the best time in my life. I also told them that no matter what happened, if Christina called and needed me, I had to leave. And they said that was fine. I did start going out with Manny a bit. And he took me to all the best places in Chicago to dance. But I wouldn't sleep with him. So he stopped training me left me in a position where I could only teach beginners, which was actually fine with me. And I did that really well. And my students really loved me. Unfortunately, I got melanoma and had surgery. And I was luckily lucky the melanoma hadn't spread. But I thought it was time to quit the, da to quit the dance studio. Some students wanted to go with me and they started taking lessons at my home which was great because I started making money and I didn't have to go to the studio anymore. I hadn't looked in the mirror for literally four years while Christina was ill so going to the dance studio and then going out was quite a thing. It was pretty scary looking at myself. So when I did start looking at myself because I actually had to to work I couldn't believe that I still looked even human and actually I looked pretty damn good, which was a shock. So now I wasn't working at the studio anymore. So I was going out dancing. And this was at a time, this was about 1999, 2000. And it just happened to be when dancing was at, at its height in Chicago. So I started going out. There was the 720 Club. There was the Buzz. There was tango, and so that was what I really loved, was tango and salsa. I loved the ballroom dancing, and I went to a couple of places where there was ballroom dancing, but it was tango and salsa that really spoke to my soul, and it was the Argentine tango. I hadn't gotten trained in Argentine tango, but I picked it up right away and was dancing with absolutely the best dancers in Chicago. So there I was a woman of a certain age 
going out all over Chicago in little bitty outfits going anywhere and everywhere there was dancing. One of the things I loved about dancing was that I didn't have to talk. I had spent the last four years dealing with Christina's stuff, having to talk to doctors, nurses, emergency room people at all hours of the day and night. And I had to be coherent and I had to make sure they were taking good care of Christina and watching their every move and questioning their every move and doing this while I was exhausted and freaked out. So going dancing, being around a lot of people was wonderful because I could be around a lot of people and be around all this joy and beauty, but I didn't have to talk. The other thing was it was a place where I could process a lot of the pain of what had happened to Christina and me in our lives. And many, many times I cried all the way there and all the way back. But for that two hours, there was nothing but music and dancing. It also took total concentration. So for that two hours, I could only think about and, and do dancing and be in the music. And also because my time out was in many ways limited, I learned how to really make the most out of two hours of fun. And I would store up all of the beauty, all of the passion, the sensuality and joy and bring it back to Christina. So I learned how to store up a lot. I did date some and eventually had a boyfriend for a short time, but all I wanted to do was dance. I was totally emotionally exhausted from my stuff with Christina and she needed me. And so all my emotional energy went to her. So in a choice between a relationship or dancing, I definitely chose dancing. I also started working as a fitness instructor and going out dancing. And while I was working as a fitness instructor, I got injured. And um, it was, I remember going out and I was still going out dancing. I was wearing very strange uh, shoes, but I still went out dancing until one night I remember getting out of one of the places and looking around and thinking, I feel very confused. I felt like something was going on with me and I thought this was not a really good idea. So, and it just turned, it just turned out that right around that time when I was thinking I wasn't feeling safe in Chicago, I knew something was really wrong. I got a call from a friend, my friend, Jamie, who I had been friends with in Boulder many years before. And she said she had an extra room and why don't I come out to Broomfield? So I thought, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. My life will be easier in Colorado. So I came out here. Um, then I found a really cute apartment in Boulder. So started living in Boulder and luckily for me, uh, there's the Avalon Dance Studio that's just a few blocks from me, and there's salsa and swing and tango, and I went with my friend Mamie. We went to a lot of the different uh, ballroom dance places all around the area, which was also fabulous, and then my friend Bruce and I would go to Denver, and I would go to La Rumba, and he would go to for poetry, so it kind of helped both of us, 
And being in Denver and dancing, I love the diversity and I love being in a city again. And that felt just wonderful and so healing for me. And again, the best dancers and no need to talk. Christina moved to Boulder. Christina had been living in California for a while and then moved back to Boulder. And we were so happy to be together again. And then she got another cancer diagnosis. She had the tumor removed and was okay for a while. But both of us were pretty re-traumatized again. Christina died in 2015. And I took care of all the business of her passing and wasn't sure what to do with my life. But once again, dancing helped save me and helped help me process my grief and bring some joy into my body and soul. And hearing the music again was so healing for me. And then about a year and a half after Christina died, Trump became president. And this led to four years of insanity, the same kind of insanity that we dealt with with the doctors over so many years. The doctors would say that we weren't seeing what we were seeing. We weren't hearing what we were hearing. They weren't saying what they were saying. Medicine was a science. No, medicine was an art. And then, of course, everything was our fault. So that was hard enough. But then in the last year was COVID, a pandemic of epic proportions. And once again, I was surrounded by illness and suffering and death and fear, much like the 20 years had been through Christina's illness, recovery, and death. So I've been totally re-traumatized. There's not been dancing in this year, and this is actually the longest I have gone without dancing. And it's not been a way, not dancing has been a way of not, I've not been able to heal or process so much of what we've been surrounded with because I haven't been able to dance. And now, thank Lord Goddess, as Christina would say, dancing is starting again. So I feel like I'm once again able to process and heal and get some semblance of my life back. So I'm so grateful to be dancing again. I also feel that there is healing in art. There's an expression that art saves, and I truly believe that it does. Whether it's writing or singing or poetry or photography or hiking, anything that helps you heal or process whatever you need to overcome, we never know what life is going to throw at us. Christina and I spent a long time wondering why did this happen? Why did what happened to our lives happen? And we never really came up with an answer. The only answer we came up with was, you don't know the hand you're going to be dealt. But the important thing is to handle it well. And that's what we tried to do, to handle whatever we needed to overcome as well as we possibly could. And that's all anybody can do. There's two quotes that I would like to end with that are my favorite quotes. They're both by Martha Graham. One is, the body says what words cannot. And the other one is, I get up, I fall down, 
all the while I'm dancing. And I say amen to both. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay well. Keep overcoming, kicking some ass, and looking good doing it.